Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Once again, for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive and I am joined by my partner in crime, Ricky. Good evening to you, sir, and how are you? Good evening. Doing well, doing well. Just so, before we started really, um, if there's any kind of break and feed, if there's any sort of tech issues, it's because we've had a bit of a quote unquote storm over here. So my Wi Fi's been kinda of playing up all day apparently. Or if there are any connection issues it's because Brexit has collapsed the country. <laughs> That's it. Uh, before with positive news instead, a little reminder to everyone that if you want to get your hands on some over four thousand hours of independent wrestling to a streaming device of your choice, you can go to powerslam.tv and put in the promo code social suplex caps lock all the one word uh, and you'll get a free month's worth of that content and then it's so many dollars after that I can't remember how many it is off the top of my head not much though I mean I can't imagine you're going to go over 4,000 a month anyway you can't it's a good deal uh-huh. it is a good deal and, and while we're sharing some news I'll share some news as well just to let people know, Scotland voted to remain. When was this? For Brexit, talking about, since we had the Brexit little thing. Uh-huh, all right, uh-huh. back in the day. Fuck's sake. Uh, so, this is our first episode back since we did the first round of the Quiz Time Invitational last week. I would say it was a reasonable success. It seemed to go down well with the, the fan base. Some tweaks I would like to add but that's um, for the manager's meeting off-air, so we'll get to that another time. But because we were doing... Oh, sorry, or what we could just do is we could have the manager's meeting on-air. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon exclusive. Um, before we do that, though... No, not before we do that. Because of that, it seems like we've missed a lot of content over the last couple of weeks, so obviously we'll be talking about Fastlane, but... A heck of a lot has happened that we haven't addressed on air, and there is enough to fill four hours worth of podcast time. But knowing us, naturally, we'll forget half of it and spend five hours talking about how amazing Joe Coffee is instead. 
five weeks and counting until I get to see him again. Yep. Do you think he'll say, all right, Ricky, how are you doing, pal? No, but I'd imagine half the audience are going to be singing Celtic songs. <laughs> Probably. Right, so, will we start with Fastlane then and just see where that takes us because there will be many long and winding roads tonight. So let's get let's get tore in. Let's start. What were your views on Fastlane overall? Um, so, quick rundown. I enjoyed the Shield versus whatever you want to call that team. Yep. Um, Smackdown... Uh, title match really enjoyed that as well um, the Fatal 4-Way was also an excellent watch I did enjoy the Smackdown tag title match as well so Charlotte and Becky that you know it's more so what happened uh-huh. like was you know you wouldn't the have, match itself. it wasn't a match you, you know, wouldn't so. have been able to get a good match out of that with what yeah. the story was all about. Yep, so and we got what we expected to get. Um, so yeah, overall I thought like I, I enjoy I really enjoyed four of the matches. Mm-hmm. I thought three of those four were were extremely good. Um, with some real oh my goodness kind of moments like you know, or um kind of putting your hands in front of your face um kind of moments. Um, overall, yeah, it was it was a good pay per view because um, normally sometimes you kind of just want to get through that the middle period between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. We don't expect too much to happen. Now, granted, I don't think anything happened that no anyone didn't expect, but mm-hmm. it was still a kind. It was still a good. It was a fun show. Yeah, so you touched on the US title match, the Fatal 4-Way, and I had to re-watch that just before we started tonight because I felt as if I didn't really... The time that I've watched the, the pay-per-views, I'm in and, out, in and out of the house doing stuff, getting ready for work, so I didn't pay that much attention to it, so I watched it back, and it was good, as you say, very high-octane, some really good moves in there. The problem for me with this one is... and. Let's not take anything away from Samoa Joe because he has long overdue um, some recognition in the form of a title. But this rivalry between Almas and Mysterio, for me, this is screaming out for a title to be on the line between those two. And I think that so much so that the match that was that happened on Sunday, Samoa Joe and R-Truth were basically... They were props, they were toys that Samoa... Uh, that Andrade, Andrade and Mysterio used quite literally to wrestle each other. It was it reminds me of see when people have someone else on their shoulder and the person on top is fighting. Like a pillow fight. That's what it was like, literally at some points. It's as if they were just there to literally prop them up, give them a bigger platform to show what they can do with the, the double hurricanas, the just the general sequencing of it all. So I don't know it seems like there's so many people in that mid-card scene in SmackDown who are so intertwined with one another that the only road I can see them going down is that the US title match will be the one that gets a ladder match at WrestleMania for, let me see, Andrade, Mysterio, R-Truth, Samoa Joe. Do you know, maybe Ali could be in the picture for that one. Because he's still got some kind of... 
business to be dealt with with Joe. Ali? You know, so, yep. Yep. We've had a kind of back and forth prior to Ali getting injured. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think, I know a lot of people are speculating it could be Joe versus Cena. I just don't think, you know, we've got, what, three Smackdowns left? I just don't think that's long enough to build that that match. No. You can build it, but not, not the way it, it deserves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I could see them go down that route where it could be... I don't think it'll be a fatal four. Like you said, it could be a ladder match where there's another two uh, two wrestlers involved. Um, and, I, you know, I do agree with you what you were saying that um, Ray and Andrade, like, it'd be nice if there was a, a title because I think that would kind of be the cherry on top. Um, but I could watch Andrade and, and Ray wrestle, you know, um, for the entire six hours that WrestleMania is going to be on or eight hours or how long it's going to be. It feels like it will be eight hours now with the amount of rumoured matches for the card. And in fairness, the, the pre-show is, what, two hours? Mm-hmm. And the show itself is going to be, what, between five and maybe five and a half? Maybe maybe closer, about five ten, Which is kind of a norm now. So it doesn't bother me too much. Um, but yeah, yeah, this looks like it will be... The multi man match. Um, if they go down that road, because we don't know with the Tommaso Champa neck injury, there's an open door in the, for the NXT title. So could they be? Could that be the ladder match at WrestleMania weekend? I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't think anything happening on NXT is going to be a, a like we can't do this on WrestleMania. Like, it's just something completely different. I don't think whatever they do on NXT is just completely separate to what they're going to do on WrestleMania, so I don't think it would bother them to do two or, two or three or however multiple matches of men and women. Um, so, yeah, I could I could maybe see them doing that in NXT, but I'm also, I, I think that's the route they're probably going to go down with the US title. Um, partly because, like I say, it's, it's just not enough time for Joe versus Cena. It's, that's a, that's a big big match, so you kind of need to flesh that out a little, and rather rather than trying to fit everything in the space of three weeks. Uh, yeah, my reservations about seeing that aside, a match like that with Samoa Joe needs time to breathe, because you need the promo battles for that one for sure, and they've not got much time left to do that. Yeah, and that's it, and that's what would build the match. You can't just suddenly, a couple of weeks of SmackDown, expect everyone to be completely hyped for it. You know, I think I think the, the intriguing part of the thing that a lot of people be looking forward to is the back and forth on the mic. Mm-hmm. So, in in the end of the day, like it's not even three weeks; it's going to be two weeks, really, because Joe's in that gauntlet match next week. Yes. So, you know. To, you are, so you are only looking at two Smackdowns and that's nowhere near it's enough no, time I so think, I think they are going to go down the multi-man route while, it, while it's up in the air whether they will do that I think it's less up in the air that it will be Joe Cena because as you say there's just not enough time at the moment well, I'll touch on the, that gauntlet match later but um, you'd mentioned Ali there as well 
for what he did on Sunday night, I was worried that that was going to be an absolute disaster. Feeding him to the wolves and uh, Vince McMahon had promised the fans that Kofi would be in the triple threat match and then he wasn't. And then Ali comes out to a dead crowd, a potentially hostile crowd, but definitely a dead one. And it's a testament to him that he was he put his body on the line, literally, in a n- m- number of occasions to win that crowd back over. And Ali's used to fighting in front of dead crowds. He's done it for years now, so it's not something he's... It's alien to him. But with that booking of that match, not that match as such, the whole thing with Kofi... Was that was that necessary? What they did to him throughout that pay per view. Was it? I think. I think it was a case of the quote unquote the authority or whoever kind of wanting them maybe to check him in place and let him know that we don't really care what other people want. You know, at the end of the day, this is my decision, you know. Um, I own the place. So I don't think it was necessary as such, but I can, I think I can kind of have an idea of why they were trying to do it, which, because, you know, then led to the SmackDown um, segment with Vince, which then led to the Gauntlet match getting announced. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it was necessary. I don't think you needed to do that, but I think... But what they were hoping for is maybe for to gal to to generate more support for Kofi or or keep that buzz going and and I don't think it was a case of we just want to knock him down one or two uh, pegs just for the sake of doing it. I think there might have been a reason behind it. Um, I don't know. Like I, I'm not. I'm on the fence on it. You know, mm-hmm. it's not something that I'm overly, I'm overly bothered about. It's a because re- I, I don't even know if I want Kofi to win it at WrestleMania anyway. Right. I think that's more so down to, I think, because of how great Daniel Bryan is doing right now. So, oh, don't get it wrong, like, if Kofi wins, it's a great, great moment. But, no, but I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Daniel Bryan is arguably the best thing in WWE at the moment. Uh-huh. So, well, that's what the mania is usually used for, for the, the ultimate victory. That that underdog victory to overcome the odds. So while I do agree that Daniel Bryan is one of the best entities going at the moment, he's got to be toppled at some point. He does. And, and if it is Kofi, I don't expect it to be a, a long title reign. Mm. Maybe defend it one, maximum two pay-per-views. I don't see him having it up until SummerSlam. Um, yeah, but so like I say, I think he wins a Gauntlet match next week, and I do think he goes on and wins it at WrestleMania. Um, yeah, and just to sort of touch on your uh, Mustafa Ali, <clears throat> I don't think there was ever was uh, ever a chance that the crowd are going to turn on him. Um. It was just such an odd atmosphere. It was, it was. Um, Paul, because it was kind of like, oh, right, okay, Mustafa Ali's been added to the end of this, and as much as I love him, you're like, why? <laughs> uh-huh. 
you know, it was like not not in a negative way, in like not in a bad way. I mean, like just like, oh, okay, it doesn't really make sense, but okay, let's go along with it because he's such a great wrestler. Um, so yeah, like I said, I think he's so over with the crowd and he's, he's genuinely so well liked that people aren't going to turn on him or hijack his moments or his segments and, and turn against him. I think he's that universally loved by people because I think people just genuinely realise that you've got a, a proper guy. Yep. See, with my booking hat on, maybe Ali was involved, included in that match so as to eat the pin, basically. So that Daniel Bryan can still win the match, so that Kevin Owens still looks strong by not being pinned. Uh, it gains sympathy for all involved, especially Kofi. But it's just what's that phrase? A king, a king's role is to simply rule and rule simply at like that. And with Vince McMahon being the king, is he doing that so well? There's been murmurs of people saying that the storylines are too convoluted at this time of year. My response to that is, if you've got a brain, then surely you can follow it. But even then, is this all necessary? But could that actually be feeding into Vince McMahon, the character, who's just... I mean, we knew from the offset that we are the authority was a load of shit, basically. And Vince is just doing whatever decision he wants. He's kind of losing the plot a wee bit on screen as well, so maybe that's just feeding into that, perhaps. I don't know what you think about that. I think... When you talk about uh, the storylines being too convoluted, um, and it, your response is to what? Do you have a brain, or people who don't follow it don't have a brain? It's just a lot of people I, are saying they're confused. I, like, I, just I pay attention. Agree. I would agree, and I think that kind of ties into <clears throat> modern day society. 21st century, 2019 as a whole, that a lot of people's tension span doesn't really last very long and they don't want to overly think things and they just kind of want stuff right there in front of them and, and they want it now and you know, they don't kind of want to see like allow things to develop and they don't like, you know, I, for me I don't find many of them too overly convoluted and I know a lot of people say that about Becky, Charlotte and Rhonda and I'm sure we'll touch on to that later, but no, like, I don't, not for me. I feel like, like you said, if you just kind of watch it and pay attention, like, you'll understand where they're kind of going with it. Mm-hmm. Um, there should always be that element of, where are they going? Like, what is going on? What are they doing? Like, what is the end game? Because nobody wants in a storyline, no matter if it's wrestling or just, like, a, a television program you're watching, Nobody wants a storyline. It's it's blatantly obvious where they're going. Uh-huh. You kind of want to you kind of want to be led there as opposed to walking there on your own. One of the complaints that have been levied at previous WrestleManias is that it's too predictable. Well, this is the answer to it. You have to be left guessing, keep yourself on your toes. And look at look at this, right? We're going to a WrestleMania that's going to have Seth versus Brock. Charlotte versus Becky versus Ronda, and potentially Daniel Bryan versus Kofi, right? Mm-hmm. Now, in years past, right, we would have looked at certain matches and be like, no, we know who's going to win this, this, and this, right? But out of those three, can you honestly say that we are going to see three new champions? 
Um, oh, oh well, I've, I'm convinced that Brock will retain. <laughs> and maybe will, but like you know, a lot of people are looking like, wow, we could see three new champions. But I think the real, the realistic thing is that we're probably going to see two at most. And the funniest thing would be <laughs> is if the person retained it's Ronda, <laughs> or, or if if it is three, but it's Charlotte that wins. <laughs> um. So yeah, just, like just to go back, touch on it storyline wise. No, I don't find them too convoluted. I think the Becky with a limp and the injured leg and stuff. It, oh god! You know that. I feel like those kind of storylines only has so much legs before it kind of like no pun intended you know um, and I know that's what's going to happen at Wrestlemania and it's going to be like as soon as she wins look at that she'll win it on one leg and it's like you know at no point has Becky ever been the underdog in the last six months no not once Um, fine you could say at the Royal Rumble where she was hurt quote unquote kayfabe hurt but I don't know. Like, yeah, touching on it storyline wise, no, I don't find them too convoluted. I feel like you can get to A from A to B a lot quicker rather than going off on all these tangents. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a tangent is necessary because um, at the end of the day, how do you how do you make a storyline last for the better part better part of two and a half months without adding one or two wrinkles into it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing, like I say, is going back to Mustafa Ali. You know, like the show he put on, you know, some of the bumps oh my he God. was taking. The, the final one into the ring barrier. It was just no hesitation, flying back, not even a care in the world. Um, so happy to see Kevin Owens back. Who nearly so died as happy. well. <laughs> yep. Um, and like I say earlier on, Daniel Bryan is arguably the best thing going on in WWE at the moment. I would say that too. It's definitely the most engaging naturally, organically engaging and with Ali, the 450 splash onto the apron the avalanche tornado DDT onto the floor I mean, I have seen him carry out these moves on 205 Live but a lot of people haven't so it will be fresh to them and the, the crossbody at the end when he turned round and was met with a knee to the face oh, see the how you, you see those gifs out there the Grand Theft Auto wasted gif <laughs> someone needs to make a wasted gif of Ali getting smashed in the face with Brian's knee that was that was something else fantastic uh, but what, that'll, that'll be Richie's job because he made up that Stevie Stevie Ray gif I never saw that one the one with the, the fire right remember the, the gif of the NXT UK takeover the tag team title match and it was James Drake doing the suicide dive vaguely well, I'm suicide, not sure if I came across it he did suicide dive on to Tyler Bate who was on someone's shoulders and it was a wasted gift that came from it and it was just oh, <laughs> perfect but anyway we're going off on one The what, that, what was great about that match and you'll know where I'm going with this what was great about all the multi person matches the tag, the raw tag match, which I thought was quite enjoyable, the the shield match, the triple threat match, the fatal four way match, organized chaos. Yep. Or, WWE does organized chaos so well; it's a joy to watch. And what I really liked about the shield match, 
as the Shield guys as a unit, that organised chaos looks less organised and it feels more like a, an actual scrap. And you really had that sense. There was a moment where they were just around the timekeeping area and there were spears and super kicks all over the place, but it looked as if it wasn't rehearsed, if that makes sense. It was just a, a frenzied mess, which is what yep. the Shield do best. And <clears throat> since we're talking about the Shield match, we are not avid fans of Baron Corbin. Oh, no. No. But what we are is we're truthful and we'll hold our hands up and we'll give we'll give prop we'll give people the due where they deserve it. And I'll say it. I thought Baron Corbin during that match was excellent. I thought he more than played his part and see that like I know people have spoken about it and we spoke about it on our Facebook and our <clears throat> what's that group with the Edge Boys and Rob? Just when Baron Corbin at that moment were in character and he realises that he's on his own and he's surrounded by the shield. You know, like I, I tip my hat off to him, like I said, after, a couple of months ago I said some real negative things about him, which I which I believed, but I'll take my hat off to him and say, you know, I was impressed with him last night. Uh, sorry, on Sunday night. And oh. I feel he was too green when he initially came up. Way too green. He had he had those two epic moves that he had. Um, and and that's all we kind of had. There was a period where because they kept touching on his amateur background, uh, boxing background. It was a period that that's all he would kind of do, and it's just like this is kind of getting old. But like, I'm not saying I'm not I'm a, I'm a Corbin fan or anything. I'm just saying I was impressed with him on Sunday. Um, you know, and I take my hat off to him. Like I say, I, I, I'll he, he more than played his part. Well, for me, one passable performance out of many does not. A decent wrestler make so I'm still not I'm not on the club oh, I'm, I'm not I'm not I've not done like a full like turn on him or anything the way I've done with Brock I'm just saying like you know we're going to criticise guys right but at the same time we're going to give guys some credit when they deserve it and he I thought I felt his performance deserves some praise his end of days and his deep six are two of the most explosive moves in all of WWE, I will give him that, and I have given him that since NXT. The rest of it, though, vacuous. End of days is like when it's hit beautifully. It was one of the prettiest finishers around. Remember the when Chad Gable in the NXT respect yep. pay per view. Uh, yep. Chad Gable was tilt a whirling all over the place. That was that was the best end of days I've ever seen. I remember I kept going on about that for days. You did. <laughs> um, I'm not still. I'm still not sold on it. I am sold on Drew McIntyre though. It's a, it's unfair for me that he's lumped with those two guys because the performance he put on against Dean Ambrose on Monday night was brutal. Yep. The the visual of him Claymore kicking Dean Ambrose's head through the stair guard stair rail thing and the stair the stair rail coming out of its hinges star making stuff 
Mm. I don't think we need to say too much about Drew because I think people already know how we feel about him. Just get that accent changed, please. I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I. Well, you know what it is? It's like that. It's like a posh air accent mixed in with the an American kind of accent. Yeah, he's it's the Gerald Butler syndrome. Where mm. he started his career in Scotland and then he moved closer to the east coast of America and he starts talking like this all the time. I suppose. Like, could you imagine Nicky Cross just walking about in America just talking the way we, like you would normally talk? She does. <laughs> <laughs> Dakota, Dakota. I can understand understand why he speaks the way he does. It's it's, it's too pro, too full for people to under help for people to understand them. But on top of that, see when you're somewhere for so long, you kind of can't help but picking up that kind of accent. See, to be, in his defence, actually, that's something that I think is going in Joe Hendry's favour. Um, World of Sport, ICW guy, he also had a bit of a run in TNA. And we talked. you talked before about him, you weren't too convinced, but I think he's got enough of everything, just a bit of everything to make him stand out. And one of those things is a very well-enunciated Scottish accent, which the people anywhere outside of Scotland can easily understand so Drew does have that going for him it's just hashtag cringe for us because there's no way he spoke like that as a youngster well he doesn't speak like me and you he isn't he's from Ayr but so is Gredo (laughs) I get that but I also play football, remember I play football every single Monday night with ah, someone who grew up with Drew McIntyre right. and sees Drew McIntyre whenever Drew comes back here. And he speaks the same, doesn't he? And he speaks the exact same. Well, not that with that American twang, twang but, you know, and that's like his. So, he's, like you said, he speaks the exact same way as Drew does. And I think it's just where they've come from down in air, where it's like that, you know, if it's private school, I have no idea, or just if you want to say it's posh or what, I don't know, but I don't mind his accent as much, you know, like, it's not great, but... We've dedicated you know, far... We've dedicated far too many minutes to Drew McIntyre's accent when we were talking about Baron <laughs> like, Corbin. I think, I think when people listen to the Rick and Clive, I think they, they, they know we go off in tangents and there's randomness throughout the pod. There is. Well, that's what, that's what makes us us. Will we get us back, get back on track then? Yep. What match would you like to talk about next? Smackdown tag team match. Oh Christ! <laughs> okay. The Usos are the best tag team in the WWE. Incorrect. Incorrect. But go on. Incorrect. You're still thinking it's a revival. No, it's the Grizzled Young Vets, obviously. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um. The the bit at the end where Shane <coughs> leaps off and now I can't even remember which so it was at Clyde with him midair. It was just that was awesome. But to be honest, it's more so what took place after the match. I think everyone felt Miz was going to turn on Shane, and I even said that in my predictions in the social suplex uh, prediction um, league. 
But I also did mention it on this podcast a while back that it could be Shane that turns on him and I, I'm not a ma- we're not massive Shane fans. We've kind of we've come to the realization and accepting that we're forever going to see Shane McMahon at WrestleMania jumping off something. We come to accept that doesn't mean we like it, but I like the dynamics of this match. I much prefer the dynamics of this match than if it was going to be the other way around. Um, I think Shane as a heel is excellent, but I think more so Miz as a pure babyface. For me, I think that can be money. That's got so many legs and you can keep going with this for a long time. Like... I think the story itself is a guy like, well, look at that, I was a reality star and I came and done something I've never done before and I busted my ass and look where I am, married, got kids, do films, like, you know, it's it's, it's a good kind of story. Um, So that's the only reason why I'm intrigued in this match, because of the dynamics of it. I've I've got no worries that Shane McMahon will be a good heel. We saw that in the Attitude Era. He can he can be one of the most annoying heels in the game, but at what point did Miz, who was a, a cheating, conniving arsehole towards Daniel Bryan, at what point did he become this insecure, sensitive guy with daddy issues all of a sudden? It just his journey just does not make sense for me. Where did this turn of events come from? Was it because well, he's become a dad it himself? Started, remember, it's in Saudi Arabia in the match he was against. Was it Dolph? Uh, but see, see the Miz that we know. The Miz that saw Shane McMahon come in and take the trophy for him. That Miz would hound Shane constantly. Fatherhood changes everyone. Didn't change him when he was fighting Daniel Bryan. But it does over time. That's it a, does over time. That should be a t-shirt on the Pro Wrestling Tees social suplex page. Um, <laughs> fatherhood changes everyone. We might be the only fathers on social suplex. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, see, let me see. I don't think that's the case. I don't think it is either, but... Oh well, we could. Uh, we could all. We could all. All the dads could wear it. We could actually start a Sid Justice fan club and call ourselves Fathers for Justice. <laughs> the fuck. Right. What were you saying? Sorry. Just uh, um, it's more so that it's a Miz. It's the pure, pure baby face this time around and. You know, we didn't see him. We didn't see him last night. So I'm looking forward to him coming back next week, hopefully. Well, I think I think a lot of people can get on board with it. I think I say that I, I like it. It's different. We've been so used to seeing Miz as a heel, and so used to seeing Shane as a face. So it's it's just a change up. It's it's nice. I like it. I'm not as invested as you are, but there are other reasons which I'm sure you know what they are. Um. Speaking of that link with disdain for old-timers, dinosaurs, part-timers, people who have not been on the show forever stealing the spotlight, Nia Jax and Tamina Snooker 
destroyed Beth Phoenix and that was one of the best moments of the show for me. I loved that. <laughs> Just specifically destroying Beth Phoenix? I'm not going to lie, I can't remember much of the match, the tag match with Sasha and Bailey. It was very forgettable. Apart from, by the way, Sasha Banks, you need to stop that meteora, the jumping double knees from the top rope. I can't remember the last time you landed that successfully. It looks awful. Stop it. Um, but Nia Jax and Tamina Snooker, obviously not the greatest of wrestlers, but play to their strengths. Beth Phoenix comes in and just gets destroyed, and it was fantastic. Get, puts the puts the part-timers in their rightful place. But now you know what this means, that Beth Phoenix will be involved in a programme going forward, and they'll probably go over Nia Jax yes. and Tamina. Yes, I've, I like Beth Phoenix, you know this. Oh, oh so do I. So, but, and her oil rumble showed that she's still good in the ring. It's not... I think I like yeah. There's probably too many part timers, too many older folk, and I know people are talking about there's no stars, but that's not true because there are stars on the current roster. Not to the not to the extent of these stars that are being brought back though. That's my issue. That's different. No, I don't. After me, you can't compare that. You have to. You, 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 you have compare to compare it though. Not at this moment in time. Because you're looking at Triple H, who's one of the greatest. You're looking at Batista, who was was awesome, but he's now in Hollywood doing like you know that's it's a different level of star, right there. But um, and then a... I think if you look at someone like Beth Phoenix, I can't even as much as I love Beth Phoenix, but Charlotte and Becky and Ronda, they're all bigger than her. Okay, I'll give you that one, but see. It's a different level of star, exactly. Those old fogies were given that chance to be a different level of star by being put over at the biggest stages of them all. I get that, but Batista's going on to become an even bigger superstar. Right. So I feel like when, when you see Batista coming back or in, in Brock, those are slightly different. Because they went on and achieved bigger success, in my opinion, outside of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I'll, so, put, I'll put a, spin, a positive spin on it then. I look forward to WrestleMania 40, when all these guys can't even walk anymore and we're left with the actual contemporary talent. I can't wait for that day. Look, I mean, it will eventually happen. That's... You know, but like I said, I guess I've kind of, like, got over the fact that they bring part-timers back. Like, for me, there's no point in me constantly angrily tweeting about it or saying stuff about it all the time when it's not going to change. It's not doesn't mean I'm happy with it or anything. I've just come to the, the acceptance that this is what, ha- what they do at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just another... It's one of those things we'll forever agree to disagree on. But it's just... A lot of of the current roster are labelled as geeks by friends of ours as well. And they're going to remain geeks if they're considered afterthoughts on the biggest stages of them all. They're going to remain geeks if the likes of your Rusev, your Bray Wyatt's are going to be 
defeated so soundly by John Cena, uh, they'll remain geeks forever until they get a real push behind them. We saw that Vince McMahon, it's it's not even a case of it being a one-way street, it's very much a two-way street because Vince McMahon showed by giving Jander Jan, uh, the title for so long that he is willing to push someone. It's not a case of, I'm really great in the ring, so that means I should... I should have the promo skills, everything to get on top. Vince decides as well, and Vince needs to rely less. I just want to say that you know, see this this notion that WWE can't or won't create stars. Who the fuck do you think created Becky Lynch? That's true. They create the women stars, but they need to. That's because there's, there aren't that many part-time women floating about. Yeah, but Roman's also a superstar. A legit superstar. No, not to the extent of the other guys. As who? Cena, As Batista. And Cena, Triple. Batista, Rock. Right, see when, see when Roman's 40-something years old, then we can have that debate. Now, you can only compare where Cena, Rock... Those two are the kind of an exception, especially The Rock. But guys like Triple H and Batista and Undertaker, etc., etc., you cannot compare... Current day Batista, sorry, current Roman Reigns to the current Batista Triple H Undertaker. You'll need to go back to what they were 20 years ago and compare them to what they are now. Roman Reigns will not reach the same level as Undertaker, as Batista, as The Rock. Certainly not as Batista and The Rock if he doesn't do, certainly not The Rock, I don't think anyone will. So that's the point. In terms of superstardom, can he reach what The Undertaker is? No. I think he can. I think outside of wrestling, he definitely can. And he's already started doing movies. He's already been on Nickelodeon. He's already started taking that quote-unquote John Cena path. But my, my point is, you can't compare, right? For instance, I'll do it in a football way. You can't compare Henrik Larson at the start of his Celtic career, right, to what... Jimmy Johnson was in his prime at Celtic because you're not comparing them when they're both at their absolute peak when when one guy has had more time to establish himself than the other but the current wrestlers are at their peak the current wrestlers have had time to establish themselves but they're not being given the, the leeway by Vince to your, push your through that glass was, ceiling but your point was the current stars aren't as big as a star as a modern day Batista because they're not given that chance to be such a star but my argument is that the modern day Batista cannot be compared in terms of stardom to a current Roman Reigns not even Roman someone else if you want right because Batista's gone on and done Hollywood and I feel like you can't compare someone who's who's went outside of the wrestling business and done stuff to someone who's still very, very early on in their wrestling career, still in the wrestling business. Because he's got this whole other audience looking at him as well. There's the, the stuff outside of wrestling's not the issue. Of course, you can't compare them. You can't compare the treatment with which... Batista and Taker were given to the treatment because it's just it's not there. Will we move on? I think this is this is something we're probably forever going to disagree on. Yeah, let's move on. Let's talk about how excellent Ronda Rousey is just now. 
like I say, that wasn't even a match, <clears throat> um, and it's not. It wasn't a problem. Um, he kind of just had to. As what it was, what it was. It was kind of similar to Ronda and um, and uh, Ruby Riot. At the last pay per view, it was never about a match. It was more so what was taken before, what took place before and after it. And this was the same. This was kind of let's just get this quote unquote match out of the way, so we can do the actual bit that matters. Um, so yeah, triple threat heading into WrestleMania. Looking forward to it. What, uh, what Rhonda did on Sunday night made perfect sense and was genius on her part because she wants to make sure that there are as many eyes on her as possible because I'd, I'd seen a few people saying this was nonsense booking where she punched Becky. I don't understand why you would say that. She wants to get her hands on both of them. Uh-huh. She wants to she make doesn't sure... Want, she doesn't want potential Becky to interfere or taking, the eyes, taking more eyes away from her as well. So I don't understand it. Be- Becky, sorry, Rhonda wants to wait until the biggest night of the year to hold both of their severed heads aloft, basically. Yep. So she wants both of them and she's willing to just go to town on them. And a lot of people have been genuinely upset for some reason about Rhonda's um, stuff that she's been doing lately, the videos, the tweets about calling wrestling fake. I think that's. I, I won't go as far so far as to say that's genius, but she's a super heel right now. As a result, and, and I suppose like the argument is there that do you really want to compromise? I don't know the integrity, or do you want to compromise whatever it is, just for more clicks or more views or more likes or. Is it a cheap way to get heel? Blah blah blah. Um, I, I don't know. Like me personally, does it bother me that she come out and says no? No, not at all. Um, sorry, you go. Yeah, I, I agree with you. What I think, what I can imagine happening is Rhonda's calling this all fake, and it won't look fake when Becky disarms her at Mania. And, and, that, and this thing is like right fine if you want to get a kayfabe wise you want a storyline like Rhonda you're calling it fake but so why were you screaming in the, in the locker room when Becky hired you in disarm or disarmor mm-hmm. like so if it's fake why were you screaming you know if it's fake why why do you take a punch and fall back or take a step back you know like so if I'm, like fine I get that but I, it doesn't it does, I know this is a couple of weeks old and like I said, we haven't had a chance to talk Aye, about it. We've got a lot it to catch up on. Bother me. No. It doesn't fucking bother me. Like, do you think really there's a guy walking about this fucking universe with a cape on and a mask on trying to save the world and it comes from Gotham City? Like, do you think someone like that actually exists? What gets me is that people are offended about um, Rhonda calling this fake when, for instance, Triple H said on Monday night talking about the security that came down with Batista calling them the guardians of the independent scene mm-hmm. uh, or when everyone's sharing gifts or sharing tweets of an independent I'm going to ask you a question right Right. do you listen to any like, I know the answer to this right obviously <laughs> do you listen to another wrestling podcast say of a, a current or retired wrestler yes so, 
when they when say wrestler has another wrestler on and they're sitting talking about their journey and how the book matches and this this and that do you listen to that so uh-huh. Austin or Jericho or whoever or uh, Pritchard Bruce Pritchard or Conrad or whoever are talking about behind the scenes stuff and how they got this gimmick to go over and how they got this match how they done this blah 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 that doesn't offend you when you're going out your way to go listen to a podcast that, that that tells you what they do, therefore showing you that it's fake, but someone coming out in that profession saying it is fake. I'll go one further than that. Um, before, I've seen the tweets that people send out of the independent shows where someone throws a fake grenade and the other person catches the invisible, or you've got the invisible man, uh, Joey Janela's pal, the invisible man, who's died and stuff. It's, you know, what yep. what can you say about that? And then you've got John Cena who's broke the fourth wall more times than I'd care to remember. You've got John Cena who's calling out The Rock for having the lines written on his hand. Uh, you've got CM Punk who was lauded as an absolute saviour of the business who broke every wall, every boundary between fiction and reality at that pipe bomb and he was considered a legend. It's simply because you don't like Ronda Rousey. If you just accept that you don't like her and you play in to the fact that she's offending you in whatever way instead of treating it as if, oh, this is this is unfair to the business, it will be looked at a lot more healthily than it is. Right, and I'll... And I can get people saying that... Like, I can understand why people are like don't like it because in all honesty, if you ask me, it's like, in all seriousness, I would rather she never done it. But I couldn't care less that she did. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, by the way, remember how Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega despised one another? Well, do you remember how they brought out a podcast two days after their match at Wrestle Kingdom? Mm-hmm. And they discussed how they got together and how, what they'd done with the match? That doesn't offend you, but what she's tweeting out does offend you. I mean, didn't Vince... See, after the Montreal Screwjob, didn't Vince McMahon come out and say something? Uh, this is the Attitude Era, this is this is stories, but we're going to give you better stories or something. And remember, Vince McMahon was on trial and told everyone wrestling was predetermined fake and everything. Mm-hmm. It's just, fuck me, man. Just, it's purely because people don't like Ronda Rousey, and that's fine. But don't be so toxic about it. But there is there is just, one thing... There's no need. There is one oh, by thing... Way, just, to let people, sorry, just to let people know... By the way, just to let you know, Game of Thrones is fake. Just putting it out there, right? Just so people know. And also, just to let you know, the books are better. <laughs> I just had to get that in there. Harry Potter's fake. Lord of the Rings is fake. There isn't a ring out there that someone needs to take into the mountains and throw it into the volcano and burn it so mankind can live forever. Oh, that would be great if mankind could live forever. Ever. It's just, it's nonsense. There is one thing about Ronda, though, that bothers me. Yep. On Monday night, Ronda Rousey attacked Dana Brooke, and she did their finishing move, Piper's Pit, it's called. Yep. Ronda has quite a, a dangerous-looking moveset, uh, Arsenal. A lot of the moves she does look quite dangerous, and she didn't grip Dana Brooke properly, she grabbed her with her left hand by the shoulder instead of her head, 
so when she whipped her round, Dana Brooke nearly landed square on her head, and that could have been a career-ending injury. I don't know if, if she's done that before, but especially with the disdain that she's met with just now, she'll need to rein in any, mista- any even small mistakes like that because her moveset is so quickly delivered. One wrong angle, one wrong inch, and she could really injure someone, and that would not go down well. So she needs to watch for that stuff. I don't know if you caught that or not. No, I did. I did. And I, I, I would agree with you. I suppose the only thing I would say is that she is still really, really green. But yeah, no, I agree, I agree, I agree. She's green, but that's her, uh, that's her go-to move, move. She should have mastered that by now. I know. And I noticed that straight away. And, and I agree with you. It's just, obviously you want to keep each other safe, but you're, at the same time, you know, you don't want to keep giving people more ammo. And Exactly. You know, like, see, at the end of the day, like, we've all got our favourites and stuff like that, so if one of our favourites done that, we kind of try and defend it. And I do like Ronda, but that's one move that she... It's been more than a couple of times that she's not hit that properly. Because, was there not a match against Nikki Bella where she did some sort of uh, Death Valley driver off the top rope and it looked, oh, that was so close to being a broken yeah. neck? Yep. Nia Drax as well, I think. It's just, if you're going to say that wrestling's fake then make sure you don't really injure someone, Rhonda. Seriously, it'll go so badly for you. Um, what other matches have we not discussed from Fastlane? The Raw tag match? Yeah, it, was, it was a fun match. I expect Ricochet and Black to win it at some point. Mm-hmm. Probably WrestleMania. Speaking of Alistair Black, did you see the him and, the him and Lana? Oh, God, I... That was poor. Poor, aye. And it's not from... Well, we know that Lana's like that. Alistair Black, that doesn't even seem to be... Not even with keeping within his character, keeping within him as a person. I think what's probably been overlooked there is that people are talking about how he's body-shamed her. Well, Lana, you body-shamed him first, referring to all his tattoos and stuff, and it's like... You know, who the fuck are you to say anything about anyone else? Just, I just mean that as, as, as a... As, just as a whole, you know, people can do what the fuck they want to their bodies. And remember the the hypocrisy. So people are calling out Alistair Black for calling Lana plastic, um, plastic, and Becky Lynch called Charlotte plastic on Tuesday night. But Becky Lynch can do no wrong. I mean, we, it probably comes across that we don't like Becky. It's not <laughs> really? even the truth. It's not. It's just the utter bias with which she's. Yep. looked upon yep. as if she's the only one that's been the best thing going in the company but she's got her faults she has her flaws other people have done stuff just like her and they don't get the same credit that she does oh that's his. I do like Becky but the, I like the raw tag match three very different teams you've got the the guys, the revival that are just wanting to do the tag team wrestling, reviving the tag team scene. You've got Chad, Gable and Bobby Roode. They've turned into a very good team. Uh, They're also kind of all about the wrestling, but they've got a bit of flair about them as well. And then you've got Alistair Black and Ricochet, who are, I think it's actually one of those rare occasions where someone has been brought up from NXT and the fact that NXT is looked upon better in some circles 
and there's people are threatened by that because quite a few people are gunning for Alistair Black and Ricochet at the moment. The, the young upstarts, I don't, don't think Ricochet's that young, but they're the upstarts and they've come in and they've caused a, they've brought a lot of eyes onto them, a lot of appreciation. Their moveset, it's frantic, it's crazy. So people are quite enjoying in that. Some of the things they do, I mean, the, the pose where they both bounce off the ropes, that literally does nothing to further their moves. I, <laughs> I thought about that when I saw a gift the other day and I thought there is literally no need to do that at all. So it's a bit bizarre. But I think more often than not with Ricochet, his flippy shit does have a purpose. Just now and again, he does things that are just not needed. Mm. Yep, no, I agree completely. Um, have we missed anything? Randy Orton, AJ Styles. From off, oh, you mean just in general? Like went from Fastlane. Well, there is that. The whole thing with Elias was just a shambles, but it was. I couldn't care less about Elias anyway. I. It's come to the point now where I think I don't care. It's not. Even, I don't even want to boo you. I want to skip what you're doing. But it yep. it was built up for the payoff with the RKO out of nowhere. Yeah, um, AJ Orton. But I just wanted to touch on something from Raw that Kurt Angle's last match is going to be in a few weeks' time. It is. And I know some people are saying, who should it be, who's it going to be? I tweeted out, I don't think it's possible. But if it is, it needs to be Jason Jordan. If If he's been off TV this long... They won't bring him in for that. They won't risk. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I say I, I still think he could, but uh, you know, I've, we don't even think the guy might. The guy might never wrestle again. Who knows? You know, so no idea what's going on there. Unless he's, I, as my tweet said, it's. I don't think it is possible, and it probably isn't. But if it could be anyone, I would like to see that father versus son. <laughs> <laughs> and the passing of the torch. Yep. And it needs to, and I know some people have, have put out some have soft, some people saying Joe or or Cena or Taker or whoever. I'd rather it was someone a younger guy. This one has to be a younger guy, please. I just don't know who it could be. Could be Drew. Well, it's kind of looking like Drew and Roman will lock horns again. Not at WrestleMania, I don't think. I don't know actually I don't even know what they're going to do with Roman at Wrestlemania and since we're speaking about the members of the Shield like I have no idea what's going on with Ambrose anymore it's a work so yeah <laughs> I still think I still think it is but I just no idea where it's going but Kurt yeah I would like it to be Jason Jordan if possible if not then I think I think it might be true uh, yep yeah, got. I'd love it to be a I'll say this the last time tonight, a contemporary superstar, so that they've got in their resume that they beat Kurt Angles in his last match. Obviously, it's Angles' retirement match, so he's going to, he'll be staring at the lights at the end of the night, probably on a stretcher. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, give that to someone new, please. I, I agree. Finn? Because uh, Finn was just stripped Basically, he was stripped of that IC title. He did nothing. 
this also ties into the reports that I saw a while back that Finn could be going to 205. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're desperate for people. Um, Sir Sam put out a column last week on Lords of Pain that 205 Live basically needs a complete revamp because it's just... They've got a tournament on the go just now. There's some decent matches on the go. Buddy Murphy will be at WrestleMania. Main event man himself. So that's fine. But it's just... There's just a lethargy about it all just now. Since Ali left, they've they've not recovered. I also don't think it helps the fact that they've put it back now to Tuesdays. I don't think it helps no. that it's kind of seen like an afterthought. I feel like you can make that into a real a real good programme for yourselves if you just put some more effort into it. Without sounding too melodramatic, I'm just going to use a play on words. They literally ripped the heart of 205 Live out of it with Ali and they've just not got that same like proper wholesome good guy hero on 205 Live anymore it's not there Enter Finn Balor <laughs> I would love it <laughs> Finn Balor and Buddy Murphy yes please yeah um Randy Orton versus AJ I'm I'm here for that most definitely I'll hold my hands up I'll be a hypocrite I'll I'll be up for watching that match. Definitely not. Uh, Autumn promo was fucking excellent. Yes. You just know that he loves to say stuff like that because he gets such disdain for the indies and the flips and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And you know when he's saying this stuff, he genuinely means it. Uh huh. Aye, he doesn't. He's it's a, a maga fest between those two though. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I wonder if that part, that portion of the WrestleMania will be sponsored by Gillette. <laughs> But I think Orton has been motivated. I know that's a term that keeps popping up in relation to him, but I think yep. it's true. I think he is motivated for this one, and and just because you said Maga, we came, we we decided Maga no 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 longer means what it means. I can't remember what it was. It was make ascension great again. <laughs> <laughs> were they ever great? <laughs> well, they were. They were put over strong in NXT, but I had stopped. I'd only started watching it when uh, they get beat by Hideo Itami and Finn Balor. But that music... Uh, I know, I know, here you go. Here I go. That music deserves to close out WrestleMania. (laughs) What utter fucking nonsense. (laughs) Uh, Yep. Even um, if it's just, remember they used to do the highlight package at the end of WrestleMania? <laughs> just put the Ascensions music over it. Um, so, final thought from TV this week. You know, we're going to get an hour of Kofi wrestling next week. It's going to be awesome. I expect him to win it. I expect him to get some help because he's facing Joe, he's facing Orton, he's facing The Bar, and Rowan. Rowan? Is that right? Think so. And each of those guys have people who are gunning for them elsewhere. AJ, Joe's probably got R Truth or someone else. The Bar have got either 
the Hardy boys or Black O'Shea. So they've all got someone that wants to get a piece of them as well. So it might devalue. I mean, it's it's a bit much to ask Kofi to be every single one of them. Do you know what I mean? Clean. Mm-hmm. So I can see some shenanigans afoot. Not that that's a bad thing, because if it means that Kofi wins at the end of the day, it's going to be a great main event of SmackDown. All for it. Yeah, definitely. Me too. Looking forward to that. It's going to be a great match. I'm trying to think. Great, great watch. I'm trying to think if there was anything else on TV that caught my attention. But there's nothing off the top of my head. Uh, Dana Brooke. That was a fake Dana Brooke. <laughs> that was funny. Waking up in the morning, and one of the first things you had to say about Raw was that wasn't even the real Dana, was it? <laughs> she just looks so different. Well, she does, but I've seen her look so different many times now. And I think I know why, because bodybuilders can sculpt their body how they see fit. Um, so she's probably done stuff with that. With regards to her face, when Sasha Banks doesn't have makeup on, she looks completely different. It's as if she's oh, got... I don't, I don't, I wasn't, I wasn't even getting it, the fact that she didn't have any makeup or not, like, less little makeup on. What I mean is... I wasn't, I wasn't trying to, like, shame her or nothing like that. It's just, it's a different person entirely. She, she just, she just looked really different from what you're normally used to seeing her. But makeup and can... Says, I'm not fucking here to say shit about what people look like. You'd look, you'd do what you well, want to do. I'm not talking about how attractive people are, I'm just look at saying that makeup can sculpt a face like weights can sculpt a body. Yep. Oh, makeup. It's just you can do whatever the hell you want. With that. Maybe that was Dana Warrior that was out there on Monday night. <laughs> nah, she's old. <laughs> That's true. That's one word for her. An enabler is another. Right. Before we get into trouble, anything else? I'm sure there's probably a thousand things that we've missed. From Fastlane and Raw and SmackDown. Um, I don't think there's anything I want to touch on now. Okay, will we move on to the quiz then? Yep. Okay. Let's put some music in now. It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. Okay, Ricky, your turn for the quiz this week. What have you got in store for me tonight? Yeah, I don't have a quiz prepared. Yeah, I know that you're a liar. I am a liar. I know you now. Yep. Question number one. So the first five questions are anagrams. Oh of, no! Of pay-per-views. I deserve this, don't I? So number one. Will you at least text them to me? This first one, I don't need to text to you. Okay. <laughs> so the first anagram is <clears throat> Ano Fest. Oh dear. Is it? I was 
trying to think of a joke there and say in your house, but you might get offended. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Fast lane. Correct. Number two. <clears throat> Deal. Fly. Loud. Deal. Fly. Loud. And it's a pay-per-view? Yes. Deal. Fly. Loud. And it's got a Y in it. Fully loaded. Yep. Number three. <clears throat> Albert. Jeff. Rails. As in off the rails? Yes. Albert Jeff Rails. Okay. Oh, this one looks hard. Albert Jeff Rails. Give me a time, a clue, a time frame of when this would have been. So, oh God. Like what era? What era? Uh, it was 2018. 2018? Yep. <laughs> Sorry, 17, 17, 17. Jeez, oh. Albert Jeff Rails. I'm thinking it can't be. Right, it's not Great Balls of Fire. Oh, right, so 2018, we had Royal Rumble, Fastlane, Elimination Chamber, Royal Rumble, uh, WrestleMania, Extreme Rules. <sighs> What's the one after Extreme Rules called? Payback. Then there was Backlash or Money in the Bank. You've make it. You've just made that up, haven't you? Yeah, I've just made it up. TLC, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Halloween Havoc, um, I give up, I pass. What, I want an answer. I've not got an answer. I'm trying to think, what was in July? Battleground? No, I have First of all, first of all, how are you spelling Jeff? Let's let's clear that up first of all. J E F F. G E O F F. Ah, right. Now that's where the misunderstanding comes from. It's great balls of fire. Yes. <laughs> My God, we could have been here all night. I should. I probably should have just texted to you, but I couldn't be bothered. I've Number noticed. four. I'm alone. Pimp unstitch. <laughs> Alone, pimp unstitch. Uh, Alone, pimp unstitch, and it's. I'd, a... I'd be somewhat surprised if you got this one, but. <sighs> Let me see. That's a long, very long one. Wait, it's not in your house. There's not an in your house in there. Error? Error? Um, 
It was in the early 2000s. Right, so it's not Judgment Day, it's not Vengeance. Sorry, early... The early part of this decade. (laughs) Now, I didn't watch a lot of it then. But you don't care, do you? A lone pimp unstitch. Right, so I'll give you a clue. Thank you. The, po- the poster of it, right? Mm-hmm. On the front of the poster was the world's most powerful man. I didn't know that Donovan. Dominic Dijakovic was on a poster. Pimp, pun, panic at the disco. She made that up. Uh huh. Alone, pimp, unstitch. Nope. Pain. Oh, I think I'm getting somewhere. Was there something pain? No. Here comes the pain. No. (laughs) Alone, pass, and I can't give you an answer. I haven't got one. So, the first word, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It is... So I'll name stuff to you, right? Word association. Yep. Edinburgh. London. Capital punishment. Correct. Well done. Edinburgh. Right, next one. Is this the last one? Yeah, last anagram. Oh, God. You've got five. Right, here we go. I'm ready. Bright... Gag rings. Bright gag rings. Mm. Bright gag rings. Can you please give me a time scale, a time frame error thing? Please. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was the late part of the two thousands and the early part of the yes, decade. Yes, bragging rights. Yep. Well done. Okay. Thank you. Are there more questions? Uh, yes. Question number six. <laughs> Sounded so happy there. What was the main event of 2015 Fast Lane and what was the stipulation? Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. The winner would go on to WrestleMania to face Brockley Lesnar. Correct. 
question number seven. On the same pay-per-view, Rusev defeated John Cena for the US title. How did he beat him? Um, it was a submission match, which means that there are no kind of disqualification rules, if that's right, and he booted them in the balls before giving them an accolade. Okay. But what took place once they put them in the accolade? Cena passed out. Correct. Question number eight. Back when Rusev was treated like a star. Yes, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Question number eight. In the 2016 Fastlane pay-per-view, Roman Reigns defeated who to become the number one contender? He defeated Dean Ambrose in a triple threat with Paul Rock Lesnar. <laughs> Correct. Question number nine. You're going for... 10 out of 10 I know, but I got a bit of help with some of the anagrams. That's fine. Oh, I'll take it, I'll take it. In the 2018 pay-per-view, Randy Orton defeated who in the US title match? <sighs> um... Randy Orton was a US champ in 2018? <clears throat> you sure? This is one of those trick questions, isn't it? No, it was a one-on-one singles match. For the US title? Yep. I literally have no recollection of Randy Orton being a US champ in 2018, but it rings a bell now because did he not recently become a Grand Slammer? Perhaps, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it was champ, maybe it wasn't, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Sounds like it, but I'm going to guess it beat Bobby Roode. Correct. <laughs> Remember they had the Fatal 4 at WrestleMania and Jinder of all people win it? Oh, gender. This is it. Question 10. In 2017, Adrian Neville defeated who for the Cruiserweight title in the Cruiserweight title match? Rick Swan. Final answer? Yes. I can't believe you got the 205 one wrong. What? You got it wrong, sir. Ask the question again. Jeez, I just closed it down. Here we go. Oh, do it. In the twenty seventeen Fastlane pay per view. Oh, Fastlane. Can I can I um, re-answer, please? What pay per view do you think I was talking about? No, well, you didn't say Fastlane. Oh, I assume. Sorry. On you go. Jack Gallagher. Correct. Ten out of ten. Just with some loopholes in there. Thank you. It's fine. Uh, right. Sorry, I'm a bit distracted because I'm looking at my phone and the United Kingdom has fallen apart before my very fucking eyes. So I'm a bit, 
a bit worried right now. So, anything you want to plug before we go? Um, uh, don't think so. Um, what, what did you see on your phone? Just the the chat the chat on the WhatsApp group about digestives and then fucking Brexit happening or not happening or God knows what. Brexit means Brexit, right? <laughs> <laughs> what? Brexit means Brexit. Right, so I've got a couple of things to plug tonight. If that's all right. Obviously, as per usual, please check out the rest of the Sorry. show. Sorry, I don't want to cut you off. I actually do have something to plug. I could have, I could have done I mean, the per, I could have done the perfect plug there, and now. Could we'll... have, but actually, I was actually going to do this at the beginning of the show, but I, for, um, I forgot. Folks, so as you're listening to this, can you all please give my fellow co-host and podcast partner and good friend of mine, Clive, a round of applause? You've made the final on the the LOP <laughs> column forum. Doing great stuff. Read every single one you've wrote. Thank you very much. Proud sir. of you. Proud of you, and I really hope you do win. Yes, I, I was actually going to mention that, but I was going to be a, a gracious competitor and wish my opponent Samuel Plan from Lords of Pain the best of luck. We wish you no luck. Right. He's a, an internet friend, just in case he's I listening know to this. He I'm assuming he'll get the banner. Uh huh. Because we've been in trouble before with attacking people online and then having to delete it. Because <laughs> you bitched out. <laughs> I did bitch out in massive fashion. <laughs> but yes, so, the Lords of Pain columns tournament, I'm in the final. Check me out on Friday, I'll drop the column then. If you want, you can't have an impact on the decision of who wins, but some retweets would be nice. Apart from that, check out a couple of Lords of Pain columns on the go, the usual 205 Live columns, which are also on socialsuplex.com, and I have an ongoing series with the Doc, Chad Matthews, where we rate, like it's like a an updated top 10 matches of 205 Live throughout 2019, so one month we'll have the top 10 so far, and then the second month it's updated, if that makes sense. What other things have I got working? There is something else I've been asked to do with regards to Lords of Pain, but I will keep that under my hat for the time being until we get closer to the time. With regards to the podcasts, you have us, you have new to the network, NXT Then Now Forever, hosted by James Boyd, where he looks at an episode of NXT this week and an episode of NXT this week, five years ago. So it's quite a good, quite a cool wee thing he's doing there where he's comparing and contrasting what the, the show was like back then to now. Uh, that's just started, so make sure you get on the bandwagon for that. You also have One Nation Radio, keeping it strong style, all uh, all things elite. That's right, isn't it? I, I wonder if I'm going to yep. say that wrong one week. Grown men watch this shit, and of course, keeping it strong style, hosted by Joshua and Jeremy. Jeremy, who has sent out a video online looking suave as feck um, promoting Suplex Mania where it'll be a social suplex party, podcasts, quizzes drinking games all the stuff that you want at the Hooters right outside Madison Square Gardens on the day of Wrestlemania if you're going to be in the vicinity 
head along. If you've not got a ticket for WrestleMania, you can watch it there with some social suplex personalities. Uh, I would I would pay money to go there. Personalities they are. Yes. Characters. Caleb. Uh, so all those podcasts rate and review them on the Social Suplex Podcast Network part of the app that you use whether it's Google Play Podbean Apple Apple Podcasts see this would have been perfect if you didn't put me over a few minutes ago I'm such a bastard that I wanted to congratulate my friend (laughs) Social suplex. <laughs> See if I say social suplex one more time. <laughs> uh, the Squared Circle Facebook group. Check us out there. Uh, SocialSuplex.com has the podcast, it has the columns. You can subscribe to both to come directly to your email. Powerslam.tv has the lots of free wrestling for a month for the use of social suplex. And I've said that again. Promo code. Uh, and we are finally at Ricky and Clive on Twitter and Facebook. Now, in order... And shout, shout out to The Edge, the brothers. The Edge, shout out to the... Why We Watch. Why We Watch. Took me a minute to remember that one there. It's a good show. I'd like to go on that one some point soon. Take the hint down. Eh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I was meaning to do this a few weeks ago. Do you know how Mags and Bags s- listens to us at twice the speed? Mm-hmm. We'll see if you can listen to us understand this and make sure you can understand what we'll say now. Okay, thanks very much. Goodbye. Was that your joke of the week or have you just retired that segment altogether? No, I wasn't. I was just seeing if you'll be able to understand what I said. However, Let's see if anyone... Oh, oh we're still going. Uh-huh. Alright, oh, okay, I thought we'd stop recording. <laughs> no. Uh, see, in order for him to wrestle his last match, Kurt Angle has to do some cognitive tests to make sure his brain's alright after all the pills he's popped over the years, right? Uh, that's not the funny bit, that's actually quite tragic when you think about it. I fucking it's tragic. <laughs> you're laughing at it. I know. Um, but part of the cognitive test was that the doctor showed him three pictures, three similar photographs and they had to guess which one of them was the Hoover Dam so they're all like similar dams and they had to say which one was the Hoover Dam and he said, he looked at it for a minute the pictures and said, oh it's two it's Dam two Jeez Jeez Rob <laughs> I don't find that funny oh, right. Take care folks Night, night, and we'll speak to you next week when we will probably the UK island will have sunk for some reason. No, well, Brexit, Brexit's not when. When date is it? Twenty nine. Is it twenty nine? Uh, I I don't know. Here's so many. I think it is. Fuck payday. Well, are you going to get paid that day? It's worse than the dirt sheets, man. You get so many different bits of information that you don't know what okay. to believe. Ridiculous. Theresa May as Dave Meltzer, basically. I feel bad for Theresa May. She doesn't even want to leave. She doesn't even, she doesn't even want to leave in the first place. So what the fuck did she take the job for? Right, this is a because different. Because she was basically no, no. She was she was giving it. You know, it wasn't like it was a general election when she was first brought in. 
This is. Uh... It was. It was David Cameron's doing. That idiot thought that. Oh well, if I call it, people won't do it, and that was he thought that people would say no, and then it turns out people said yes for whatever reason, and now we're fucked. We're fucked. Pray for us. I pray for us indeed. This has been the Ricky and Clive politics show. We need to move to America. Okay. We should. But they don't know what digestives are over there. Uh, right. I will do. I will do. Rob does. Let's press stop, eh? Right, take care, folks. Night, night. And we'll see you because we're moving to America. Coming to America. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.